0: that can be a superpower. And at the same time, it can also grab you away from other things that are going on in your life as well. If you have other priorities, if you have a family, if you have friends and you want balance, it's very hard to have that balance if you're so hyper-focused and spending all of your time on the fixation.
1: And welcome to another episode of Bunny Hugs and Mental Health, a free, safe space for people to share and learn from others' experiences with mental health and addictions. I'm Todd Rennebaum, suicide attempt survivor and a recovering substance abuser. What a lovely guest I have this week! Uh, If if you are a regular listener at all, you you probably know that I talk about ADHD often. Uh, I've just was recently diagnosed less than a year ago and it's kind of been a bit of a a revelation in my life so I've been chatting about it a lot and yeah it might be annoying but it's been life-changing for me so anyway uh, today I'm speaking with Brooke schnittman and she is an ADHD expert and coach and she is also a podcaster her podcast is successful with two L's, with ADHD, and uh, we're going to talk about ADHD, and she's going to clue me in with some stuff. Uh, This episode will be on YouTube, if not right now, then very shortly, and also, I hope you listen to the episode on Thursday, which is going to be a very regular thing now. Every Thursday, I am going to be co-hosting an episode of Bunny Hugs of Mental Health called Mental Health Headline Hot Takes with Nick and Todd. Uh, my co-host Nick Thompson from Love is Blind and from his podcast Eyes Wide Open. Uh, he's also a mental health advocate. We picked some articles in the news about mental health and discuss those. Uh, I, I hope you listened and enjoyed that because it's going to be every Thursday. Uh, and those are actually going to be on YouTube as well. I haven't posted them yet, but uh, that's under Nick's YouTube channel if you want to check that out, uh, Eyes Wide Open. And just to warn you, there's going to be a whole bunch of great episodes coming up again soon with all types of wonderful guests uh i don't want to spoil it because i haven't recorded the one yet so i, I don't want to jinx it i hope they show up in we have great chat but anyway uh one other thing there's also a contest right now going on not really a contest i guess it's more of a draw uh, if you go to uh, Apple Podcast, you rate in review Bunny Hugs and Mental Health. Take a screenshot of your rating in review and email it to bunnyhugspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, at the end of January, I'll be picking four people and they will win $25 gift cards from Co op. So that's cool. So go do that. And if you're not already following me on Instagram, do that at Bunny Hugs Podcast, Bunny Hugs and Mental Health on Facebook and on YouTube buddy hugs and mental health okay now without further ado i give you adhd expert coach and podcaster brooke schnittman i spoke with kristen carter a little while ago she was obviously i think you you obviously know her she's also a very uh popular adhd podcaster uh Mm -hmm. and she explained the other day on on a podcast that she doesn't think ADHD is a superpower. I kind of agreed to that because I was diagnosed late in life. So I don't know if that's mm-hmm. why. So because I struggled with a lot of anxiety, depression, suicide attempt, addiction, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> um, sorry, I just watched Seinfeld the other day, too. Uh, yada, yada, yada. I
0: watch it every day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm, I'm curious what, what what your your take is on that.
0: Yeah, listen. ADHD is complex, and there's different spectrums of ADHD, right? There's mild, moderate, severe, and if it's unmanaged and it's severe, um, it can definitely be hard to deal with. and it can come with other disorders, like you said, anxiety, depression, um, And there are a lot of negatives that can be associated with it. But when it is managed, and you do know how your brain works, There's amazing things that can come out of it as well. You know, some Mm. of the most brilliant entrepreneurs out there have ADHD. Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, um, you know, Michael Jordan, Whoopi Goldberg. (laughs) You know, I can go on and on. There's, we just need to know how to harness it. And it can be challenging to do that. But I do believe that if you manage your ADHD, it can be a superpower.
1: Hmm. So Albert Einstein was diagnosed with ADHD?
0: Suspected ADHD and autism.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, they didn't know at the time, but his tendencies <laughs> have been diagnosed as suspected.
1: Hmm. I wonder how he managed suspecting that he did have it. Like, if, if he.
0: It sounds like he hyper focused. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. and you know i d- i recently listened uh or saw a documentary on thomas edison and he also um very adhd like risked everything for his invention right said it was ready and it wasn't ready and there was investors and he got lucky because when it needed to be ready it actually was ready and we all know who Thomas Edison is, but he he wasn't invented afraid. the Tesla. Okay, Thomas no, Edison. No, okay.
1: <laughs> sorry, just, no. I should warn you. I'm a smartass, which <laughs> apparently is a di- uh, uh, a symptom.
0: <laughs> but um, listen, I I wouldn't be surprised if um, Elon Musk had ADHD. I know he has autism, but mm. I. Um, don't know about ADHD. Anyway, Thomas Edison, he had risky behaviors. He he said that his invention was ready. It wasn't. And then when it was time, it actually was ready. So we got lucky with that. And we all have heard of him before. So yes, (laughs) there's a lot of successful people. I think with ADHD, we can hyper focus on something that we're passionate about and be the best in that thing right? Mm. Whether it be, um, an inventor, whether it be an artist, whether it be an entrepreneur, and that can be a superpower. And at the same time, it can also grab you away from other things that are going on in your life as well. So if you have other priorities, if you have a family, if you have friends and you want balance it's very hard to have that balance if you're so hyper focused and spending all of your time on the fixation that you have.
1: Hmm. So for me, um. So I've I've I quit jobs all the time. Like I, I don't have a job right now. But
0: well, <laughs> uh, you're a podcaster.
1: I, that's true. I I am kind of hyper focusing on this right now because I've been doing it for long enough. I feel like to level up I need to focus on it more uh, but but that constant starting from the bottom because I'm constantly bouncing from job to job I, I, I can stick with going to secondary school because I can never decide what I wanted to do or whatever so I, I I dropped out of university I that that stuff took a toll on me oh still does even uh, in the way that I feel maybe um, uh god I can't remember the word
0: <laughs> like I, it I feel, becomes obsessive?
1: Well, I just feel inadequate. That's the word. Uh. Inadequate. And like, you know, I see other people my age and they've had these, you know, really not long, really great careers or I'm not, you know, I've, I have a family and a wife and I feel like I'm not being uh, financially supportive enough, especially mm-hmm. as a man and stuff. And so, uh, I yeah, I still struggle with that and that, mm-hmm. you know, that so then that creates the anxiety, the Mm -hmm. Can create the depression, which can trigger wanting to use alcohol or drugs. Yada yada yada.
0: (laughs) So Seinfelds, yeah,
1: yeah. So I so since I've been diagnosed, it's very validating. I'm learning a lot, Um, Mm -hmm. but I still struggle with the um yeah the negative
0: beliefs. Yeah. So by the age of ten. ADHDers received 20,000 more negative ne- messages than non, than neurotypicals. Mm. So yes, um, we could have a lot of negative experiences and have a hard time separating that from reality. And when we perceive ourselves as failing, like you said and shared that you have, and I've definitely experienced that as well. Like you being the man of the household and feeling inadequate because you can't provide the way that you think you should be providing to step into that man role. Um, That is, you know, it's creating it. Listen, it's a very real feeling, but it's no one's telling you unless your wife is telling you that you have to be the breadwinner, that you have to stick to one job that you can't bounce around, that you can't figure out what your passion is. So you're associating that with negative experiences and feeling perhaps that you can't stick with one thing and you can't provide. And of course, a lot of people would feel the way that you're feeling, but it doesn't have to be associated with that feeling.
1: Mm-hmm. That's now, something I'm learning and trying to accept. Well, I mean, I accept it, but I don't know if my brain does sometimes.
0: <laughs> no, negative experiences and negative thoughts are stick so much more than positive. And the great thing about a human brain is it's like a muscle and we can rewire it. Like you had suicidal ideations and attempts, and I don't know how long it's been since then, but it sounds like you are in this trajectory to healing and becoming more aware of your brain and your purpose. And you can do that at any time and you could rewire your brain at any time. So it's never too late to change the way that you're thinking.
1: Right. Um, But with ADHD, it's it's – it's hard it's a hard wire it's not software i guess so i can change the way i'm my perspective on it but some of the behaviors i can't quite change or i have Such to come what? up with different strategies to go through uh like I, for example when i got assessed they found that i had a really bad working memory mm-hmm. so there's no way i mm-hmm. can improve my memory but there's tools and strategies i can use to to have me not forget things. Is that So accurate? you
0: can, yes and no, you can improve your working memory. Will it ever oh. be a strength of yours? No, hmm. but you can improve it. There are brain exercises out there to improve your working memory. There are oh. physical exercises out there to improve your working memory. Hmm. And there are tools, there's behavioral tools, and there's also medication that can help it um, in the temporary while you're on the medication. But Marijuana? yes, you can. Adderall. That's what
1: I use for all oh, kids. <laughs> right, right. No, I uh, actually, speaking of that, I forgot to take my meds this morning. <laughs> I just took it about half an hour Sounds ago. Sounds
0: like your tools aren't working.
1: <laughs> Normally, I'm not too bad. But today, I was like, oh, of course, I'm speaking with someone who's about <laughs> uh, But I did cope with marijuana for years. Uh, yeah. I'm seven years clean and sober now. But um, but yeah, um, sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> See, I forgot to take my meds. No, that's so I'm gonna okay. Be a little, <laughs>
0: yeah, you forgot to take your meds. Your working memory can improve. It won't be a strength of yours, but you can improve on your weaknesses. I think the biggest thing is to modify your conditions, like you said, create tools that can help you with those uh, weaknesses. Delegate some of those things. So you have a wife. Hopefully, her strengths are your weaknesses, and vice versa. So you can work together as a team and communicate mm-hmm. fairly. Um, but yeah, so certain behaviors to answer your question with ADHD can improve, um, your executive functions, which is working memory is part of your executive functions, it can improve. And there are, um, pathways to do that. Um, and now I kind of forgot where we were going with this as well. <laughs> We're just having an honest conversation. Here, here's some working memory, <laughs> but working right, right, memory—believe right. working memory is one of the most common things that individuals with ADHD struggle with. Working memory, rejection sensitive dysphoria. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Are you mad at me for saying that?
0: <laughs> I'm so mad at you.
1: Mm. Uh-oh.
0: Or are you perceiving that I'm mad at you?
1: <laughs> That's just. No, that's just my brain. Half the time it's like, oh, I texted them and it's been five minutes. They They hate me me now.
0: But meanwhile, you can wait like weeks and forget to text them back. (laughs) (laughs) They should understand though. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) It's the double-edged sword of ADHD, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, there's a lot of paradoxes in ADHD. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Don't tell me what to do, but tell me how to do it.
1: Yeah, I need chaos, but it has to be structured chaos from nine to exactly. five. Exactly. <laughs> I hate
0: structure, but I thrive on it at the same time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, that's the thing, and, and 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 yeah, I think a lot of people in my life are like, "You don't have ADHD, you know, and stuff like that," and it's like, you, they don't know the inside Why do of my they brain, think? right? Uh, I think hmm, I'm not sure. I I, I guess. Because they only see one side of the paradox maybe or something and they don't realize the struggle of like, oh my God, I have all these skills and I have so much talent and I've done all these amazing things in my life. And they're like, oh man, Todd, you, you know, you know, all that they see the, uh, the, the, the superpower part of it, but then they don't see the part where it's like, but why am I broke and jobless struggle. and, and yeah, why, why can't I, why am I in this? Well, I just learned to the uh, paralysis part of it, too. It's like, anyway, it seems like I'm doing lots of stuff, but yet I beat myself up because I'm just sitting there scrolling on my phone for three hours going, you know, hating myself because I can't get up and do the thing that I want to do and stuff like that. So, So, yeah, so...
0: It's that initiation yeah. piece, which is another thing The inhibition to be able to get the activation to get started on something is very difficult with ADHD, especially when you are in paralysis mode. If you're sitting down, right, scrolling, it's very hard to stop what you're doing and do the thing, especially if the thing is mundane, or, especially if the thing is something that you don't want to do, it's going to be hard or it's overwhelming and you don't know where to start. All of those things can stop you from getting started.
1: Mm-hmm. So so now I'm struggling with my 17-year-old son, who I am 110% convinced that he also has ADHD, um, mostly because he's relating to all the things I've been talking about for the last year. And I'm seeing it genetic. in him now. Yeah. And so (laughs) it's hard not to fall, you know, it's hard to be in that sympathetic uh, role and supportive, but also the father role where it's like, I just want to be like, oh, it's fine. (laughs) You know, just get up and do it, buddy. I, you know, I know what you're going through. Just do it. And it's like, then I feel like uh, I'm contradicting myself. There's that paradox again, I think.
0: Right. So it's interesting. I just... Yeah. I just recorded a podcast episode about this similarity um, of what you're talking about. And as a neurodivergent, having a child who's neurodivergent, it is so much harder because you have to manage yourself first to be able to manage them. And you have to be proactive in planning out things so that you can create structure with your child's but if you're having a hard time doing that yourself, how can you do it in a non-reactive way with your child? And mm-hmm. let's face it, you know, having ADHD, as you mentioned, it can be hard. So um, having a child who is similar to you, not only is it hard because it's difficult for them to manage, so then you have to manage them, but it's also just, it's it's not easy. Um, and... It comes with all of those social pieces, emotional pieces that you have to deal extra hard with too. And you want to get out the door and your 17 year old's not ready. And maybe you haven't taken your meds that day, or you didn't get a good night's sleep, or you haven't figured out your morning routine and you're like, come on, we're late. But like, he has no concept of time either.
2: Mm -hmm. And
0: now, You're battling yourself, and you're battling him,
1: right? Yeah, it's more. uh, I I see him beating himself up, doing that uh, that initiating thing. Like he'll be like, "Oh, I've got so much homework to do," and "Oh, why can't I do it?" And you know. Plus, I think uh, ADHD aside, I think we both also have just anxiety issues in general. So Mm -hmm. it's like, uh, how do I, how do I motivate him? How do I? Keep him mo- emotionally regulated because he'll just like on a whim, just get like overwhelmed and, and then he'll start crying and won't eat and stuff. And so it's like, uh yeah. like, I, yeah. And then it's like, okay. Yeah. What, what do I say? So, what, would, what would have worked for me? And it's, it's, yeah, it's hard.
0: It's hard. And a lot of um, the outbursts that he's experiencing can be learned behaviors. So, how do you undo those behaviors at 17?
1: He didn't learn it from me.
0: Nope. It's not you at all.
1: <laughs> it's the dog.
0: Um, so, yeah, it's harder when they're teenagers, but it doesn't mean that they can't relearn positive habits and solely decrease negative habits, just like you. Right. Um, And how do you give them the motivation? You can't. The kid has to be motivated, but you have to find Mm. out what motivates him and then meet him where he's at.
1: Mm -hmm. What would help is if we could afford an assessment and the medication and the coaching, but unfortunately it's a couple thousand dollars or long waits and it's just, you know, I don't know what it's like down in Florida, but around here, it's very, very hard to get the assessment.
0: So I just got recommended to a place in Canada in Vancouver. I don't know how close it is to you, but I'm sure they do online as well. ADHD adult center, RE center. Um, and you might want to look that up. I'm not sure if they take insurance, but there are some places that do take insurance. Now, there's different ways of getting assessed. You can have a psychiatric evaluation. You could have a neuropsychological evaluation. The neuropsychological evaluation is going to be more expensive. It's going to take more time. It's more robust. Very often, they recommend it for children so they can see all of the executive functions and see how it manifests in school. Um, mm. But there are some adults, including myself, who just go the psychiatric evaluation route.
1: Mm, okay. Um, yeah, I I ended up getting... Through uh, my provincial government, they were able to fund my assessment. It was like an eight-month waiting period, but it's only for adults. So,
0: mm.
1: <laughs> I mean, he's going to be eighteen in a year anyway. <laughs> so maybe that's the best way to go, anyway. But, um, but what yeah, is he and- hoping
0: to get out of the assessment, or what are you hoping to get out of it for him? Uh, just
1: a little more coaching, and yeah, the right coaching, the right treatment, the right medication uh the right supports, I guess. Um I I know like I've been pushing like podcasts like yours and and, and uh, I have Thank ADHD you. to him. Of course, I'm his dad and he won't, you know, be like, yeah, whatever, Dad. <laughs> or you yeah. forget to do it or yeah.
0: So it's important, of course, to know how your brain works and when he finds out that he has ADHD. I very often say, then what, right? Every ADHD brain works differently. So if Mm. you know what his symptoms are, you can treat the symptoms. You might not be able to treat it with the right medication, which that Mm -hmm. can be challenging. You don't want to treat him with the wrong medication through a psychiatrist or a nurse practitioner um, if he doesn't have the ADHD diagnosis, but you can get coaching, you can get um, therapy, you can get all those other things He's not going to be able to get accommodations if he's in school um, for ADHD, if he doesn't have an ADHD diagnosis. But um, there are a lot of things that you can do without the actual diagnosis. I understand the validity Mm -hmm. of it, though. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. You know what I just discovered that's been amazing for me? Google Calendar. It. Apparently, it's been around for a long time. I'm just,
0: really? Tell me more. I, I've just. Uh, what is it? I haven't heard of it.
1: You you haven't?
0: It's, it, I'm kidding.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, been, it's been a lifesaver as someone that's like, you know, i you know, the podcast has been my full time gig for a couple of months now, and there's a lot of things I gotta Zoom calls and you stuff. got remember, it's like, whoa, this thing's been around for a while. I was going to say I, I'm I'm intimidated by learning new software and technology and stuff, so I was kind of dragging my feet for a long time. But then I realized, oh, it's literally just putting something in a calendar. <laughs>
0: anyway,
1: yeah, we were going to say,
0: yeah, no, I I think we uh, that's where the emotional piece of ADHD comes in, right? We um catastrophize things and we make it so much bigger than it actually is very often right how how many times are we like oh my god this is gonna take me years to do and we wait years and then it takes five minutes <laughs> listen we all do it but then i'm not calling the, you out i do it too
1: then here's the paradox thing i'll start something knowing it'll take three years like i've done lots of artwork it'll and take stuff. you it's three
0: like- minutes yeah
1: no actually it does take me three years it's like but yeah i know it's going to take me three years so it's like oh it's a bit of a challenge a hyper focus for three years on this project but then something i think something else i think is going to take three years is like oh oh i just did a youtube tutorial it took a minute and took me three minutes to do
0: (laughs) sometimes you stumble on things and it's less time than we think it's going to be um (laughs) But my point with the, I wanted to go back if it's okay to the mm-hmm. calendar piece. So mm-hmm. regardless, if you have a digital calendar or a paper calendar, I don't care what kind of calendar you have. Um, I, li- I like paper. I also use my phone for a calendar, but you're 40 to 70% more likely to do the thing if it's on your calendar and you write it down. So for me, if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. And I get anxiety When something is not on my calendar. So, Mm -hmm. to your point with the working memory, like generally on Wednesday mornings, I have tennis. Um, I'm, I'm on a tennis team and we have clinic on Wednesdays. And I'm going to Baltimore on Thursday for the ADHD conference. And I'm thinking to myself, can I commit to clinic on Wednesday? I feel like I have something. What do I have? What do I have? What do I have? I don't know if I could commit. Do you know how much anxiety I got by not being able to say yes, but wanting to say yes to this clinic? And then Mm -hmm. finally, after hours of just shutting off and letting my emotions calm down, it came to me. I'm like, oh, I have a group starting tomorrow. And my coach is the one coaching it, but it's starting tomorrow, and I I thought to myself I wanted to be there to be on the first coaching group with her, um, but yeah, I live and die by my calendar is my point.
1: Hmm. Well, a friend of mine turned me on to it because we're kind of okay. I haven't announced this yet. Maybe it'll be announced by the time this comes out. But I'm going to be doing another podcast that's co-hosted with a friend of mine. So he's always sending me these calendar things. I was like, two okay, podcasts. I, well, kind of. It's it's a second episode a week. I guess, but because uh, he has a podcast too, and then we'll put it under our things. But I heard a child. You have a child.
0: I do. I do. You hear her? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's downstairs and she's loud and she's twenty-one months and proud.
1: Twenty-one months. Dang. Yes, mm-hmm. it sounds like a
0: mm-hmm. it sounds
1: like a lamb in the background.
0: <laughs> she's saying uh, speak- da da
2: da. Uh, <laughs> Talk about distraction.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. it's like squirrel. squirrel nope that's a 21 yeah. month old that's my daughter
1: daughter <laughs> you said daughter that's my daughter
0: i said daughter see sometimes the new york comes out <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh i've i've heard a lot about entrepreneurs and uh entrepreneurs having adhd uh i've also just saw another adhd coach from the uk a real and they were saying that's kind of a myth I don't know, what, what do you think?
0: It's not a myth. So 35% um, of entrepreneurs have ADHD. So you're 600 times more likely to be an entrepreneur
2: with ADHD. Wow. Introducing the timely children's book, Sometimes Daddy Cries. The visually stunning book is told through the eyes of a boy whose father suffers from depression. He sees his dad get sad, rest, and even go to the hospital, all while comparing his father's depression to a physical ailment. Sometimes Daddy Cries is getting rave reviews from parents and mental health professionals alike. One critic has stated, "'This is a timely and important book that will help countless fathers and sons broach the subject of depression.' An Amazon customer commented, An excellent book to open up a conversation with a young child about depression in a parent. No big words, just a book about feelings. Sometimes Daddy Cries author Todd Rennebaum has personal experiences with anxiety, depression, and addiction. Sometimes Daddy Cries is available in hardcover and paperback on Amazon.ca and Amazon.com.
1: Today's episode of Bunny Hugs and Mental Health is brought to you by Co-op. I've been a member of my local Co-op, Sherwood Co-op, for, oh, about 25 years, I think. My Co-op is one of more than 150 local independent cooperative associations in more than 600 communities across Western Canada. Co-op is a different kind of business. It's not just a gas bar or a grocery store, although Co-op is those things too, At its core, co-op is a group of people working together to help their neighbors and build their community. Co-op members are owners and success is shared with everyone. Your co-op doesn't benefit one person or one corporation. Your co-op was built for everyone. Your co-op was built for your community. Learn more about co-op and find a location near you at (coughs) co-op.crs. Well, technically, yeah. this is my mean third business.
0: You, <laughs> exactly. The other doesn't two mean failed. Have to be, <laughs> doesn't mean you have to be an entrepreneur. Right. You can thrive in other roles. So maybe that's what the coach was talking about. Um, but... You, it's more likely that you're going to have ADHD as an entrepreneur for many obvious reasons. Like we're risk takers. We don't conform to rules. We have difficult times with bosses. Very often we have new and exciting ideas and we want to implement them and create, and we want to follow our passion. And how do we do that? Very often as an entrepreneur.
1: Hmm. I don't think people realize like when I leave a job, I am like, I get so emotionally twisted. It's like, I cannot, I cannot get out of bed. Like it is like, takes everything I have to go to that job that morning. Uh, That's how badly it's like when it, and it's usually about, it's about two years into the job that I start getting Mm -hmm. like that every time. And like people just like, you know, you're like, Oh, just, you know, you got to suck it up. You got to make money or whatever. And it's like, you don't get it. Like I, I almost physically can't even go like, and then I get like, I get really, really dark thoughts sometimes. Like, uh, well, I'll say it. I, I, I'm not, I'm still prone to suicidal thoughts, but you know, I, I don't listen to them anymore. It's more of an observation, but still it's like, they will come into my head more often. It's like, I don't think people understand just how badly I, I need to leave this job. (laughs) doesn't matter how hard i try and then that's when the the you know the uh inadequate feeling comes in and stuff it's like why can't i just have a fucking job what is wrong with me you know
0: So there's nothing wrong with you. First of all, it's so common with ADHD that you job hop or hobby hop. And it's usually on average, every two to three years is when you get bored or with that repetitive mundane thing. We need to be challenged with ADHD. We need to be excited. And if you are not leveling up in your job, if you're not doing new things in your job, it might not be the right environment for you. It might not be the right job. It might not be the right boss. There's so many factors to consider.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It just bothers me. Well, it's just frustrating that other people just don't don't understand just how hard it is.
0: It to get is up hard. And go to I remember. <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> your eggs are done
0: it's the t- it's the time timer that my daughter was playing with um, <laughs> she was destroying my office earlier so no it's really hard to but like I think when you become a little bit more like in the the repetitive, so I'm fortunate enough to be able to work with people with ADHD and manage my ADHD on a daily basis. Right. So I'm helping mm-hmm. others and I'm also helping myself. So I'm focusing on it all the time. So I see it from other people's perspectives and there's still a very like heavy part of me that has RSD it and and people pleasing tendencies. Um, and I'm working on that. And at the same time, I've also gotten to the point where like, if someone I care about is saying that they don't believe this thing about my ADHD or whatever, instead of that initial like RSD or justice sensitivity of wanting to prove my point, it's like, okay, well, do they want to know about ADHD? Do... Are they stuck in that thought process? You know, can I help them understand if they don't want to know or they, Mm. you know, they don't care to know it's agree to disagree, right? Mm
2: -hmm. So
0: you can still love someone. You can still care about someone, even if they don't fully understand 100% of the aspects of you.
1: Okay. I'll love them. (laughs)
0: And also, if someone you don't care about, right, uh, is not believing you and is, you know, causing you these feelings of inadequacy, um, feeling of having to explain yourself, like, think about why they're even in your circle to begin with. We're old enough at this point to just toss them.
1: Oh, I, I have a very small... Friend group. <laughs> um, partly because, well, partly because when I got sober, it was just like, okay, I need quality, not quantity people mm-hmm. in my life now. Um, and partly, I don't know, partly age too. It's like, meh, I'm getting fatter and older and. I'm fine just sitting in my basement talking to people on my computer.
0: <laughs> right? I used to be out and about, and uh, my husband was a home buddy. And when we first met, I'm like, come on, we got to do stuff. Come on. And now I'm just like, cancel plans. I'm very happy sitting on the couch and watching Blacklist with him.
1: Blacklist? What's or that? Seinfeld.
0: It's a rabbit hole, that's what it is. It's oh. nine seasons of twenty-two episodes.
1: What? Why have I never heard of the show that has nine seasons?
0: It's on Netflix. They probably filmed the seasons very quickly. I think it was only over like three or four years. And um I I was oh. recommended to it and we just binge watch it. It's it's great. Huh. It's very it's very violent though. So if you don't like that, then it's probably not something you should watch.
1: <laughs> I don't mind violence. Uh, my wife, she's not ADHD, but she does. She when she binge watches something, I mean, holy Christ! It's twenty four hours a day until the show is over. And so she hyper focuses on shows. That's me. And it gets. I mean depends on the show if I hate the show it's like I avoid her for two weeks because I can't even be in the room with the show because it's like nails on a blackboard Uh, but we were I don't know if this has anything to do with ADHD but she used to watch um, Game of Thrones and she was binging Mm it it was like I, I loved it I was like this is great but like after six hours of people's Heads being cut off and stuff. I was like, it's can enough.
0: we watch something else, please? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, speaking of no, mothers, but you know,
1: Oh, sorry. Go mm-hmm. ahead. No, 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 no. No, no. You.
0: No, I was just going to say that when we watch TV as <laughs> ADHDers, right, we can also get under-stimulated from the TV, believe it or not. So if the, uh, oh, if the show is not as, I mean, Game of Thrones is, Although I didn't really like it, but um, it, <laughs> I don't think I gave it a chance. You can get understimulated by the show. And that's why we get on our phones and we do all these other things because we just can't sit still and we can't, we're not getting enough stimulation from it. So maybe that was the case in your situation. I don't know.
1: Uh, some of it. Uh, I, I'll actually find shows that I find entertaining ish. So that I can do something else.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know so mean? it's like, not your... Yep. Yeah. So but, it's a secondary focus while you're doing something else.
1: Yeah. While I'm playing a game on my phone or or editing or whatever. But yeah.
0: Yeah. So um, it's just background noise for you.
1: Yeah. And I can look around and go... And then I ask my wife, who's that guy again? She'll tell me. And I'll be like, okay, I'm all caught up.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's what my husband does. I'm like, aren't we watching the same show? Like, why do I have to keep replaying for you <laughs> what's happening <laughs> uh,
1: speaking of mothers uh so i have a uh well i'm pretty sure my sister has adhd her her mm-hmm. husband and her kids have it I, mm-hmm. i'm again positive she has it i have another female friend and they're both mothers i mm-hmm. both their daughters have been diagnosed with adhd and their dynamics are bananas <laughs> <laughs> watching it's almost like two teenage girls like arguing with each other at times and it's like but you're the mother and the daughter and i could see that it's both it's like their adhd are clashing or something it's it's is that a common thing
0: well think about you and your son right so you both have adhd and you get annoyed that you can't help him because so with women and adhd
1: like watching them so, and watching my son and I, it's more like, um, I don't know, they get scrappier. So maybe scrappier. Their, their
0: ADHD is manifesting differently as women yeah. um, than it so. is in the two of you as men. Um, but <laughs> it's challenging, especially for a parent who sees themselves in the kid. That could be so annoying, right, for yourself <laughs> as a parent when you see your weaknesses in your child, because all you want to do is fix them, right? You don't want them to experience your weaknesses, but it's coming out. So it's resurfacing for yourself. Like they're a mirror of you almost, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, show me Mm -hmm. those weaknesses again. And then you can't manage yourself and you're having a hard time managing them. So it can be challenging. To see, mm-hmm. to be reminded of the qualities of yourself that you want to improve and you're having a hard time improving.
1: Yeah, it, it's, right. I, I feel more helpless at times. And it's just like, oh, I just want to help him. You know what I mean? And, and then, but with, and that's with my why so many people daughter.
0: have, that's why so many people have executive function coaches for their kids because we want to take the emotion out of it. You want to have that healthy relationship right. as parent and child and when you're battling all the time it becomes toxic.
1: Right, right. And and with my like with with my sister and my female friend and their daughters, it is it does seem more battling whereas with but again, that's emotions involved again. Whereas with my son and I mm-hmm. it's more like empathy and it's like almost guilt. Even on my side, it's like I feel bad that I've donated this <laughs> genetic to you, and it's like so. It's uh yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. Different no,
0: it's sure. it's tricky. It's different dynamics. Women have empathy too, sometimes too much, like a lot of empathy for their kids. Um, but of course, I yeah, think yeah, yeah. Men, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. We're just different species. You know, we we express emotions differently very often.
1: Yeah, actually the one, the female friend, uh, she was my last boss and uh, I noticed quite often our ADHD's clashed and that's part of the reason why I had to be like, I had to leave because it, it was, it was weird. It was like, cause there are different types of ADHD and, and I, I need structure. I need excitement and pressure, but she was also, she was the kind that would like, she would wait five minutes before something needed to be done you know, and uh, and like cram it through. <laughs> and she always got it done, but barely. And I'd be like building anxiety all week. Like, oh my God, we have a deadline here. What the fuck? So then I would get frustrated and then she'd get frustrated with me getting frustrated and then be like, I need this structure. Yeah, I need this stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. And it was funny. We I were hear both, you. We were both diagnosed around the same time. So we were like, hey, we're going to be ADHD buddies. But it was like, the more I understood, it was like, no, this is actually not, Great.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing. So I've had, as a, special, as a previous special education teacher and administrator, I've worked with a lot of bosses who have ADHD and their ADHD has manifested differently for them. And I had undiagnosed ADHD at the time. So mm. when you were saying you f- feel like failure because you don't want to go to work after two years of working in a job, that's where I challenge you again to look at your environment and maybe it's you're not compatible with your boss mm-hmm. and that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. maybe it's not, it's too big of an environment where the conditions aren't right. Or maybe the job itself is not exactly stimulating enough. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: you but, can't tell your, yeah.
1: Sorry. I was going to say, but socially we have a blast together. Like our ADHDs thrive. Sure. It's
0: like, well, we're having a good time. And then sure. we try working
1: together. just it's like, we're, I'm, I'm, we're going to kill you each butt other. heads. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. so obviously, it's not a good dynamic for both of you professionally. And you shouldn't feel bad about that. And she shouldn't feel bad about that. Like black and white thinking, right? Like you need to be prepared because of your anxiety. So you don't miss a deadline. And since she waits five minutes until the deadline is up, and then does the thing that creates way too much anxiety for you to thrive in that work environment.
1: Anywho, it's a lovely business, lovely people. I just can't work there.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. And yeah. that's okay.
1: I I I think I've come to the conclusion I can't really work for anyone.
0: <laughs> Hence you wanting to be an entrepreneur.
1: Yes. You know, here's something uh, that I'm having trouble with right now is I have a hard time asking for money for people. Mm-hmm. So I've had another business mm-hmm. before and it was so it, it didn't. Work, one, because that feeling of having to please people. So I provided a service. It was like picture framing mm-hmm. and artwork and stuff. So I had a really, really hard time charging money because I always felt like, um, I don't know, like people are weird with money, including me. It's like, uh, so then I wasn't asking enough money and then I was had anxiety mm-hmm. for a week as I'm working on their mm-hmm. thing. Are they going to like it? Are they going to like me? Are they going to be mad? Are they going to give me shit for... Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, yeah,
0: it's a mindset kinda, shift.
1: Yeah. So I got, I just so, got the hell out of here.
0: Yeah. So a lot of people with ADHD are empaths and they do the job because they care and they don't necessarily, if they didn't have to collect a paycheck, they wouldn't collect a paycheck. Seriously. Right. Um, but also if you're an entrepreneur and you can separate yourself from the invoice or from you know, having to be that person to charge have another person that's a third party that takes care of all the money piece. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, I'm learning because now as, we make as
0: mistakes a, and we we learn and we grow and sometimes we can't afford to have a third person too, right away,
1: yeah, yeah. And with the podcast, it's like, I could be making more money than I am. It's just I have a hard time hunting down asking sponsors and asking for money. But I have a friend now that said she would probably help out and stuff, you know? And so that's like, yeah, I don't mind if you ask people for money for me. It's a, I can't do it. So uh, yeah. So hopefully soon I'll be able to,
0: I think a lot of that is also exposure therapy too. So like starting off small and feeling more confident in your business and yourself. And then asking and being met with rejection or being met with okay and just doing it over and over again
1: right right yeah are you saying you want to be a sponsor
0: no (laughs) (laughs) good job though i'm proud of you
1: (laughs) i didn't quite ask you to be a sponsor. I just asked if you, that's what you were saying.
0: Touche. Touche. Now you're crawling back in your shell. Sorry. I definitely ruined that for you.
1: No, <laughs> that's, that's my okay. fault. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm, I'm like that. Cause I'm extremely charming. I don't know. What I'm talking about. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, I have a, uh, speaking of sponsors, I do have a sponsor and the segment is sponsored by them. Um, So it's called that some bunny special because bunny hugs, bunny That's a joke. Anyway, uh, a segment where we chat about who cooperated in our mental health journey and help fill your emotional tank. It's brought to you by co-op. So uh, uh, along your journey, is there someone you kind of attribute to that's uh, been there for you consistently, I guess, or not?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So my parents, both in different ways, you know, my dad was more of like a logical brain. Okay. We're going to do it this way. Like think big picture, blah, blah, blah. my mom always would be there for the hug and the cleanup, right. Unconditionally, Mm -hmm. um, right or wrong. So both of them have participated in that. Um, you know, my closest friends, I've had some really great bosses, um, and, them not knowing that I had ADHD, but just being emotionally available and understanding. Um, I also just real quick was bullied from age nine to age 35 and, um, yeah. Right. So, throughout my life until I received coaching and then understood myself more. So many people don't believe that, but I promise, you know, it's a journey and I'm still working through it. Um, And I had some professionals along the way, including a guidance counselor that worked at the school that I worked at. And she was there for me, My, my principal who was there for me. I've had some teachers who understood me and just were able to see me as a person rather than a test score or someone who isn't getting along well with other kids because they're bullying her, you know, so, Mm. um, I've had some staples, but yeah, I can really, um, thank my parents for being there emotionally in ways that I, you know, couldn't even conceive and my Mm. husband and my sister.
1: I'm lucky. Okay. Okay. I said one person calm down.
0: I know, but we have ADHD. We can't (laughs) just choose one person (laughs) on my podcast too. I ask people at the end. So give me one thing that you want to recommend to other people as a strategy for ADHD. And it's like, (laughs) so this one thing turns into and, and, and.
1: (laughs) Oh God. Yeah. I've been on other people's podcasts too. And they're like, ask me one question at the beginning and I don't stop talking until the
0: that's end. the whole podcast <laughs> yeah. that's the whole podcast know your audience right <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. huh i also find it hard to believe that you're older than 35 so
0: oh thank you yeah thank you it's the good uh riverside filter <laughs> i guess i'm 39
1: ah uh, well there turning
0: you are turning 40 in april
1: oh uh it was, it. So what age were you diagnosed
0: 35. So, oh, let me. Oh, so that's yeah, when the bullying was, stopped. Yes, and no. Okay. I, the bullying stopped when I received coaching. And then, um,
1: so was it a mindset so. that changed or was it the bullying that changed?
0: Both mm. the bullying changed as a result of my mindset. So, talking about people who don't understand you or don't make you feel good. I was able to create more boundaries. I was also able to understand and accept myself more. And I was able to understand my strengths and, and harness those. And I feel, you know, literally six months after my diagnosis, I met my husband and um, that's it. It was just, you know, game over from there. As far as like, relationships and all that. But um, yeah, I think it was the awareness piece and being able to execute things in like big things in a linear way over time through the coaching as well. Um, So yeah, Hmm. boundaries, execution, feeling successful.
1: Hmm. So you were diagnosed late in life and then became a Mm -hmm. coach. Uh, Is that a common thing or is it more?
0: No, no, no. Hear me out. I became a coach before I got diagnosed.
1: Stop. Yeah. Really?
0: An ADHD uh. coach before I knew I had ADHD. Did you
1: suspect so I- it? No. What?
0: So I. We're going to have to book another hour. Mis- yeah, 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 real <laughs> quick. I'll give you the cliff notes or I'll try. I graduated with my master's in students with disabilities. I did my undergrad in general education. I was a special education teacher working with ADHD and learning disabilities for 15 years, along with an assistant director of special education. I could identify who had ADHD as students, right? I couldn't diagnose, but I could identify and point out the symptoms. Did not know I had it. Fast forward, I moved to Florida to change my career. I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur because the school system, there was just too much red tape and didn't know what I wanted to be. I knew it was in education, but I didn't know what. So I received coaching for a year. During that journey of that year-long coaching program, I decided I wanted to be an ADHD coach. I received my certifications during that time. And I started coaching, I started working with students, I started working with adults, six months into it, that was then in the beginning of 2019. um, I started working on the computer with adults. And I realized that a lot of the symptoms that they had, I had too. where Mm -hmm. I would be able to focus on the coaching call, but then I couldn't do my notes and then come back to a coaching call. So that's shifting and sustaining attention was hard for me. And the working memory was hard. So all the pieces came together. And then I sought out a diagnosis from someone I know in the field and it was combined type ADHD moderate.
1: Hmm. Well, there you go. There uh, you
0: have it. Sometimes our paths just lead us to where we are. Someone's writing a script.
1: Yeah. 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 So it, 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 you know, it, it's not, it probably isn't, um, oh my God, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it wasn't um, coincidence, probably. It was like you, you could just relate and so they, they, you can help but go in that direction. Absolutely. Hmm. Hmm. Um,
0: Someone told me that all special education teachers are special and I really felt like that empathy towards my students and I felt connected to them in a way that I didn't realize was mm-hmm. because I was also dealing with that.
1: Well, it's it's funny. Um, for a long time, my my dad used to say, "Man, your friend group, they are a lot of they're big characters." <laughs> and mm-hmm. That uh, now that I've been with, diagnosed with ADHD and some of them have been and stuff, it's like, yeah, I think we all. It was like, it's like we give off this weird vibe that we all just gravitate towards, and, um, and some of uh, well, my one friend, I'm pretty sure you find song, your people. Yeah. Yeah. My one friend, I'm pretty sure he's on the spectrum too. So, which is, I mean, also, I mean, it's a very uh, common comorbidity, isn't it? ADHD yeah. and autism. Yeah.
0: 50, 50 to 75% of people with autism also have ADHD.
1: Damn. But not, not, but not necessarily around. if you have ADHD, right?
0: Correct. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Was yeah. there
1: anything I didn't ask or, or, or that you wanted to touch on? Um, I don't yeah, know if you have so, an entire podcast.
0: <laughs> I do. Oh, yeah. I have a business. Po- I have a book. Right, promote no big yourself. deal. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, coaching with Brooke is my company. We work with students, adults, and parents eight to 80. Um, we've been in business since 2018. We have eight coaches, different programs, one-on-one and group coaching and our signature process 3C activation. I put into a book that just was released in October of this year, 2023, activate your ADHD potential. And, um, it's, it's doing well. And the goal was to help thousands more individuals with ADHD learn all the tools and strategies from my program in this less expensive method um, and really just gain awareness, gain consistency, gain confidence in their ADHD. Um, And yes, I have a podcast successful with two L's with ADHD. I am also a public speaker and um, just a teacher at heart. And, you know, my, our goal as a company is to impact over 10 million ADHDers over the next five years.
1: Hmm. Are you and keeping track?
0: You can find me I'm trying. How many
1: millions have you, have you gotten so far?
0: Over a million. Yeah. Okay. So at oh, first good. it was a million, then we changed it to 10 million.
1: Ah, you're like McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Over exactly. ten billion served. serving, yeah, served <laughs> right, exactly. But literally, if if you need any help, you could always find me on social media. I think that's where you found me at coaching with Brooke with an E, and on my website, coaching with Brooke. Our newsletter weekly gives free tips. We do free webinars. We have lots of free tips on Instagram, and uh, that's all I got to say for now. Cool.
1: Thanks, Brooke. Uh, you're amazing. Your podcast is great. Um, I even bought her workbook uh, for our, our 17-year-old son. Well, not, not not her and my 17-year-old son, my my wife, Jen, our 17-year-old son, who is in the middle of getting an assessment for ADHD. Uh, and uh, it, it's it's a great book as well. So uh, make sure to follow her and, and support her. Go to her podcast and all that stuff. So yeah, you can check all that out in the show notes. Please don't forget if you like money, free money to spend at co-op, all you have to do is rate and review the podcast, take a screenshot, email it, funnyhugspodcasts at gmail.com and you could win $25 gift card. So thank you so much for that co-op and be sure to stay tuned because there's all types of great episodes and great guests coming up. Uh, I don't have any speaking arrangements set up. Oh no, I do. I have one in March, I think, at Queen's University uh and hey if you are looking for people to to be guest speakers and stuff i do it virtually online and stuff so uh feel free to reach out and and ask about that you could also just email me at bunnyhugspodcasts at gmail.com about about anything really so yeah i guess the last thing to say is just please remember to make your beds and take your meds bye